What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. My name's Cameron, and yeah, we're back again. Not a lot in a footballing sense has gone on since our last episode. Uh, it's been a pretty poor and uh, pretty disappointing wither uh, to end off the season. So yeah, nothing too positive or, I guess, newsworthy in that sense, which is why I've kind of been taking my time. Uh, and like I said previously, most of my episodes at the moment are going to be all Related to things off the field, um, preparation for next season, I guess what we can do to kind of flip our fortunes in the sense that we're watching Liverpool and Man City battling it out for just about every title uh, under the sun, um, as opposed to us. So I guess going to be looking at that, cause, uh, yeah, because since the last episode, we had the 4-0 loss against Brighton. Um, my last one was after the Brentford game. I'm not going to bother touching on that. It was a game when I watched it, I kind of said to myself, uh, I, it's one of those games I'm just going to compartmentalize somewhere else, not think about it, and probably never talk about it ever again. It was horrible. It sucked. It was a pretty accurate summary of what this season has been, uh, and I'm just going to leave it there. But look, off the field, there's a lot going on. Ten Hag's been announced. Um, I believe I have touched on that previously, but yeah, that is all confirmed, and he starts work for Manchester United today, so it is indeed Ten Hag time. Um, And yeah, obviously, look, he's not going to be taking the reins against Crystal Palace for our final league game or anything like that. But yeah, he's going to start work off the pitch immediately. Uh, the Dutch season's now over. They've Ajax won the championship, uh, the Eredivisie, and uh, yeah, he's just going to get straight into it. So we're going to look at transfers, what we can expect, how things are going to go. And look, he's obviously looking to hit the ground running. Uh, Ten Hag does not strike me as someone that wants to mess around or waste time, given the fact that he's uh, not going to be taking a break and getting straight into Manchester United management. It's an obsession which we need. We need someone that loves the game, loves what they do, is passionate, and at the end of the day, just knows what they want and how they're going to get there. At this point, I don't care who he asks for. The board needs to fund it and give him what he wants. I don't care who it is, whether we think they fit the club, whether they're Manchester United material, whether they're good play, whether they're technical, whether they're a box-to-box, whether they're a workhorse, whether they're a place with a badge merchant. I don't care what people think about this, this player or any players that he's looking at getting. We need to fund it and we need to allow it because at the end of the day, we need a manager with a system who knows what they want and how to get the best out of their players to get Manchester United winning games. And the thing is, there's just under no circumstances, I think, can our board be given the sort of rite of passage to manipulate or have a hand in the transfers that we're making. I know they will in a financial sense because at the end of the day, the money comes from them. But in terms of who we're getting, I don't think they should have any input in a footballing sense as to why they should be thinking we get certain players as opposed to others. It's not up to them. Um, It's not their job. You know, they're not qualified to be deciding who should and shouldn't be playing for Manchester United. It's not their vision. It's Ten Hags. He's the manager. He decides who plays. He decides how he plays. And he knows what he needs to get results. The board don't. So I think they should have absolutely no input on the transfers that Manchester United have going forward other than funding it. Uh, and I think if they allow him that sort of freedom and back him, I think we will start to see a transition. Uh, look, I don't see us winning titles next year. I don't think we're going to go from sixth in the Premier League. or well, hopefully we finish sixth. At this rate, we could actually finish in the Conference League. But I don't see us going from sixth in the league to first, you know, or, you know, winning Europa League, maybe. We could win that or an FA Cup or something. But, you know what I mean? I don't see us competing for the Premier League. We physically can't compete for the Champions League because we won't be in it. Um, and I think we need to just give him the right tools at his disposal to get us competing in the next few years and get the fastest possible transition to get us, you know, up to the level where we need to be. So realistically, there's going to be a few players he asked for, and I, I could not care less who they are. He could ask to bring Rudvan Nistori out of retirement, and I would say fund it, let him get it, let him get, give him his man. But, you know, more realistically, we'll see players like Donny van der Beek coming back. We've been heavily, heavily linked with Frankie de Jong. Uh, Darwin Nunes as well, we've been linked with as well. Um, 
yes, there's a few names doing the rounds. Matisse Delict as well. You're in Timber. Um, a few Ajax boys. Uh, and in terms of, I guess, who of them we're going to get, who we won't, some names are appearing far more strongly than others in the, the links and the rumors. And it, realistically, for me, it doesn't matter. Just if whoever he wants to get in, he can get in. So we're going to start with Frankie de Jong. Uh, and the reason I'm going to start with him is because he's, without a doubt, the most heavily linked player to Manchester United at the moment. A couple of days ago, we saw reports coming out that it was all but confirmed. 60 million or 60, 60 to 65 million euros was going to be the agreed price. Barcelona needed to offload. He was happy to come across, wanted to play under Ten Hag. Uh, and my thoughts on this transfer is that it's a good transfer. And realistically, my reason is he can play as a DM. I know he's not the Matic type or the Declan Rice type that you'd probably want as a single uh, pivot CDM. But like I've said, I'm buying into whatever Ten Hag wants. I don't think he's the kind of manager who's going to sit there and buy a player because he has a relationship with him. Obviously, there'll be players that he understands and he knows and he's managed before who he'll almost rely on, but you know, he'll he'll have belief in and would want to bring in. But the thing is, he wouldn't bring in a player like Frankie Jong unless he was going to fit the system which we're going to be playing. Like if he needed a prime Matic or a Declan Rice, he wouldn't go and sign Frankie Jong. He wouldn't go and sign, you know, Nkunku or someone like that. Like he would intelligently sign the right player for the right position for the right system at Manchester United. And that's what I believe he's doing. So if it's him going to, if he's ideally thinking about playing a double pivot with Donny van der Beek and Frankie Dion, let him do it. Give him 60 mil. Um, I mean, it's been rumored that the board are going to give him 120 mil and that doesn't include the plays that we sell. So, you know, say we get 20 mil for Martial, 10 mil for Lingard or whatever, you know, you know, however much we get for some of our players, uh, That'll just add to that. So I'm thinking maybe we'll get close to 150 mil to be able to spend. If he wants to spend 60 mil on De Jong, let him. Um, absolutely let him. If he thinks that's the right player and the right investment in the midfield and what we need, I'm fine with it. I don't care who gets dropped. I don't care who comes in. If it means he takes out... Look, if it means Donny van der Beek doesn't work out, which I don't think is likely, fine. If it means Fred gets dropped, fine. If it means McTominay gets dropped, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, strongest rumor there. And I think, I think based on what I've read... I think it actually would happen. And I think it is a massive statement for his impact on certain players if he does get a player like Frankie de Jong. Because next year, look, Barcelona under new management in Xavi, they've improved the, uh, the second half of the season without a, you know, with any doubt whatsoever. They're looking so much better under Xavi than they did under Ronald Koeman. Uh, they've got some big results. They had that 4-0 win against Madrid. Yeah, they got knocked out of Europa League and they're still going to finish second or third in La Liga. But look, they'll finish Champions League and... Chavi will have a full preseason. He'll have a transfer window in which to acquire the right sorts of players, uh, depending on their kind of financial restraints given their whole bankruptcy thing they've got going on. But yeah, I think Project Barcelona overall would be a lot more appealing than Project Manchester United at this very second. So I think given that we're in the Europa League next year, if Ten Hag can convince a player, like an absolute world beater, the likes of Frankie de Jong, to join Manchester United, then I think it is a massive statement. Uh and I hope it's true because it would clearly display the amount of faith that certain players have in him as a manager. So, look, I'm hoping we can see Frankie Diong next year. Uh, Nunes. So, there's been a lot of talk around him as well. Uh, and to be fair, it's not just Manchester United. So, with Frankie Diong, it seems to be only us that are linked with him at the moment. So, I think I'm a bit more confident about that in that sense as I think it's either for him, it's either Manchester United or staying put. Whereas Darwin, Darwin Nunes, sorry, um, a lot of reports have been doing the rounds about him joining clubs across Europe, um, but I'm kind of leaning towards now that Man City have officially signed Erling Haaland, which is mental, I think it leaves United with a much better chance to uh, acquire him. Uh, look, to be honest, I've watched a huge amount of him, but look, his numbers are good, and from what I've seen, he'd be a good fit, because we do need another number nine. Uh, we've got Ronaldo, obviously, who I think by the sounds of it as well is going to be hanging around. Uh, I made a statement the other day, which pretty much said we work hard and we're looking forward to next year. 
So I'm guessing that means he's on board with Project Ten Hag as long as Ten Hag is happy to have him, which, I mean, with his form as of late, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, but yeah, realistically, we need another out-and-out number nine to play with Ronaldo. I think Nunes should or could be that player. Uh, I think it would be really, really good if we can, um, I guess, get him up top. And the thing is, it's just the rotation. That's the thing that kind of I would be curious to see because I know Ronaldo's not going to play every game, which is why we would want to get him in. But I just think Nunes is going to want to play a lot of football. Ronaldo's going to want to play a lot of football. And I understand both would expect that neither of them could expect to be playing every minute of every game. But you need to find a way to play them together. So... As to whether they can get that dynamic to work, I think yes. But the question is, is he someone that is, you know, for 60 mil, which is his rumored price as well, but much like De Jong, you'd want to be playing a lot of games. So you'd want to be playing most of the games, the important games. So yeah, seeing a way if you can kind of fit them both in is uh, probably my only, the only area in which I'm skeptical about having uh, Darwin Nunes as like a marquee signing and then playing him with Ronaldo. But look, maybe Ten Hag wants to play two up top. Maybe he's got a way he's planning on rotating them. Nunes can play out wide here and there. Um, or even Ruve Ronaldo out wide like he used to be. It's just hard because he's, you know, 38 or whatever, as opposed to when he was, you know, young, athletic. Which, that sounded wrong. He's obviously phenomenally athletic. But, you know, at his absolute peak, when he was a lot quicker, better off the mark, more comfort- confident and comfortable in one-on-one situations. Uh, and I guess beating players was a far more significant part of his game as opposed to what it is now. Um, whereas he's more of a goal threat. And I guess he's just more of like, you know, a clinical forward. So we'll see. Uh, and the thing is, we've got like players like Alejandro Garnacho, who I pray get some minutes under his belt against uh, Crystal Palace in the final game. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of whether he does or doesn't. But realistically, he's still too young to be playing, you know, every single game or any games. Like this is a guy that was played a few minutes against Chelsea and that's essentially it. You know, he's been, had a great season for the youth team, but he's just not ready and hasn't had enough exposure to make that transition into a Manchester United senior player getting regular minutes. I think it would be good to see him kind of integrate next season, but I just don't think he could take enough of the load off Ronaldo. He's too young, he's too inexperienced, and I think there's a lot more to go before he can do that. Um, if he was a few years older, then it'd be perfect, because I think it's, I honestly think Alejandro Garnacho is an incredible talent. Uh, he's got the swagger, he's got the confidence that you need to kind of break it at this level, um, like to kind of hit the ground running. But uh, He doesn't look like he's phased by anything. I don't think the game would chew him up and spit him back out. Um, whenever I've watched him, he's been nothing short of brilliant. Uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of ability, and really good on the ball. Uh, and he's composed in front of goal, which is something we've really been lacking this season. So, look, give him time, but I think we'd be looking for still to sign a number nine before giving him that sort of full-time senior play call-up as opposed to what he's been getting lately. Um, so then otherwise, we've also been rumored with a couple centre-backs. So Timber from Ajax and um, Matisse Delict, formerly of Ajax, but now of Juventus. Two players that have obviously worked closely with uh, Eric Ten Hag, both Dutch as well. Uh, and look... I think we'll get one of the two. Uh, I'm not fussed as to which. Timber's a great talent. The Lick's a phenomenal centre-back who's obviously kind of fallen off the radar since he had that season with uh, Ajax when he captained them at the age of 19 to a Champions League semi-final and a league title. And yeah, he hasn't quite reached those heights again since joining Juventus, which is a shame because I think there's a phenomenal and an incredible amount of ability in there. You just need to find the right manager, the right team and the right system to unlock that. Uh, so hopefully he can get his confidence back, play more regularly and become like a real... Um, prolific centre-half uh, that could become like a staple part of Manchester United. If not, Timber as well. I haven't watched as much of him, but look, he's had a great season, won the title, and if Ten Hag rates him highly, then of course he's going to be one of the players that I think I would get on board with because it doesn't matter who he's linked with, I'm on board with it. So yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see how we go because we really do need another centre-half regardless of who it is. There's definitely like uh, a need to invest in that department. Um, 
yeah, whether it be Timber or Delict, we will see. Um, but otherwise, look, there's not a huge amount going on off the pitch. Otherwise, it's transfers, it's Ten Hag coming in, and yeah, and just the fact that he's coming in with such urgency to start, you know, almost immediately. Um, also to organize his backroom staff. So there's been a lot of rumors about Steve McLaren. People want him, people don't want him. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want Steve McLaren as a manager, but if Ten Hag thinks he really is a good assistant, then if that's what's going to get the best out of Ten Hag, who's the manager, so be it. Um, as long as he gets what he wants and it's not the board making decisions based on what they think would be best for him because at the end of the day, they don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, elsewhere, not a huge amount to look at. Uh, we've got the Crystal Palace game coming up next week. United had a week off uh, with everyone else playing their catch-up games given we were so far ahead of the rest of the league in games played. Uh, and we've got Crystal Palace away. How do I think the game's going to end? I do not know. Um... I'm not confident. It also depends on whether we have a big rotation. So if we play a lot of, you know, the kind of expected starters, um, look, it could be a good game. But realistically, there's nothing... There's not. I think there's enough on the table because we want to finish top six. So I think we will play most of our kind of expected senior crop of players. Um, but I think you may see one or two kind of um, academy players coming through as well. I think you might see the likes of Hannibal and Garnacho on the bench. I don't think they'll start or, you know, Ralph Warner just donate the minutes for the sake of it. So... I think realistically you'll see a kind of expected lineup. Ronaldo, Alanga, Bruno, maybe Rashford, depending on form and whatnot, but I'm still not confident on that. Sancho, I don't think he's going to be back apparently because the tonsillitis has absolutely wiped him, so I don't think we'll see Jaden Sancho either. Um, so yeah, I'm leaning towards like, yeah, Ronaldo, Alanga, Bruno, probably McFred uh, most likely, and... Uh, yeah, and then I think you'll just see like Varane, Lindelof, the usual suspects at the back, Dallo, Tales, and probably De Gea. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Season's over. But yeah, look, my predicted scoreline, I think we'll actually go out with a win. I think we'll go out in like a 2-1 win or something like that. But yeah, either way, it's, it's consolation more than anything. But look, that's pretty much my thoughts at the moment, what's kind of going on. Um, I'm going to keep uploading these as more develops off the pitch. Um, and I might do one actually after next week's game just to kind of sign out the season that's been, do a longer episode, just to overview everything that happened this year, of which there was a lot. Uh, and then I'll do plenty more episodes over the couple months off to talk about Manchester United, transfers, Ten Hag, what we can expect next season. And I'm going to a couple of the uh, preseason games as well because they're uh, going to be playing in Australia, which is obviously where I'm from. Uh, so I'll be seeing them versus Melbourne Victory and also Crystal Palace in mid-July. Um, so I'll do some episodes after that as well. And then by the time that comes around, we'll be previewing the next season. But yeah, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm out.